Part twenty five of the Fates of the Princes of Dovard by Kenneth Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Story of Rhiannon and Pridari, or the Book of the Three Unusual Arts of Pridari Fabpool. The third branch of it, that is to say, the return of Pridari. Three, the coming of Pridari. The twenty one years of the penance of Rhiannon were at their end, and two months after it by that time there were no more than thirty left to maintain the sovereignty of their queen pendaran dyvod and gwaul ab clud and eight and twenty of the tyli of puil penanan with them from the eve of may onward she had let no day pass without ten of them guarding the gorseth from noon until sunset glanach and clonach and muinach her three birds had returned to her she had not kept them to take delight in their singing but had sent them questing over the world after her lord the son of the boundless that had been puil penanan before the falling of the sorrow of the demetians she had made known to the men of the tyli that the birds had returned and that it would mean the coming of puil or pridari and indeed great was the need on them for good tidings with their having grown so few and old and their enemies waxing stronger and more insolent around them always here is what happened to them at last they were leading her into the hall for the feast pendaran on her right and gwaulab clud on her left and she leaning on their arms dependent on them eighteen men followed these three as they came in they saw what had befallen the place was filled with five hundred of the men of madog and the krintak himself was on the throne five hundred bows were strung and five hundred arrows aimed at Rhiannon even if pendaran had had his arms free for shooting the queen would have been slain before his bowstring could have obtained its stretching madog krintach laughed pendaran dovid said he five hundred of the shafts that are aimed is there curbing your petulance in it is your rash impatience quenched pendaran moved forward between the arrows and rhiannon their bows are aimed he whispered to her there is no resisting them now what answer will i give him she laughed quietly a peaceful answer said she give him a peaceful answer say that he has won and may go to his feasting say that we will go into exile in ireland if it please him he will not slay us here but will make pursuit of us secretly indeed my impatience is quenched good soul said pendaran never had i a greater desire for peace than now the aged long for quietness take you the throne of the demetians as for us if it please you we will go into exile in ireland then said rhiannon lord madog i shall come again to oppose you and it will be with pool penannon or with pridari fabpool uproariously they laughed in mockery at that the whole five hundred of them and madog their lord were it not for pity ye should be slain said he ye are given until the morning to leave dovard lord madoc whispered gwilthin to him it would be better to slay them before they can take ship at abadaigledai that is true said madoc whispering again men shall go in pursuit of them and slay them secretly the twenty turned sadly and led their queen out from the hall they came into the courtyard without speaking the ruin of dovard is this said pendaran there is no more hope for it henceforward 
without fighting it would have been hard for the thirty of us to have resisted them further an evil fate is this not so said rhiannon fortunate are you truly the immortals will have heard of your service not one of you will be without his reward by the shield of hugh gadarn let there be no talk of reward said pendarren to have served you has been a better reward than was given to any one before less than human should we be if we desired rewards beyond this the eighteen old men sighed none of their keen fierce aged eyes but had the tears in them that is true said they we will have no rewards alas that we are alive to behold you bereft of sovereignty go back to your immortality this world is too evil for you said pendarren be it granted to us to know that you are among your own dragon kin and we will take what reward we desire we are old men that love you said he grant us the sight of the wings that shall carry you to the house of Yugadar. after that our own hands will take what our hearts desire the eighteen nodded their old eyes fell or were set shining for far vision indeed we could take it then said they it is known to me what you would take with that she turned to guaul ab clud lord guaul she said is it your will to return to your own land it is not said he i desire new lives in the island of the mighty my fate will be one with theirs call you upon the dragon chariots we are not able to serve you further they were standing beneath the apple-tree in the courtyard under the moon she lifted her face although sightless she saw what was not made known to any of them she was aware of flaming mists green and golden that leapt and streamed over the firmament they drew nearer and took the form of a dragon that circled in the air above the demetians and lighted down at last in the limbs of the tree it is given you now to behold an immortal said rhiannon it is given you to hear the conversation of gwydion the son of don they looked up and the tree was one white flame and intense glory above them and there in the midst of it was gwydion ab don in his bardic guise the most beautiful youth in the world it is now that you will come to the widfa daughter of hevaith said he hugh the mighty is enthroned there awaiting you the knife is in the meat and the mead is in the horn and there will be revelry in the hall of the gods when the best of their race is made one with them every night during these one and twenty years it has been offered to you you will not refuse it now the dragon wings are made ready come you with me now to the ones that await you proud and gentle was the laughter of rhiannon wren ah dear she said gods and men you are without understanding of this did you think that i had suffered defeat the light waned from the tree and gwydion was gone they went on towards the outer gate before they came to it a sound of knocking arose from without is there a porter cried the one that knocked there is not said pendarren dovered there is revelry in the court of madog Krintach. the porters will be feasting with their lord the greeting of heaven and man to the one that's made answer open the portal if it please you it is better for a good man not to enter the house of the wicked said pendarren who is it that desires to come in a craftsman bearing his craft what craft three unusual crafts 
and the first of them restoring youth to the aged madog the krintach would be better without it not well would it be for you to come in here the second is restoring sight to the sightless shall i open it he asked rhiannon let him make known the third craft first said she the krintach would be better with less sight than he has said pendarren what will the third craft be oh chieftain it is not on the krintach that i shall exercise my crafts as for the third it will be restoring thrones to their rightful owners said gurigwalt irene open thou the portal dear soul said rhiannon he opened it and guri dismounted at the horse-block and came in as soon as he saw rhiannon he kneeled down at her feet lady said he is it your will that i make known to you the manner of exercising the first of the arts it is my will she said he rose up and took the fillet and fastened it about her white hair as guron briffarth had directed him by the wood the field and the mountain he said quit whiteness every hair of you and assume your natural colour let black be black and the brown brown and the golden golden and let the limbs regain their youth as if years had never passed over them she stood there as young and glorious of aspect as she had been when Pool first saw her riding through the valley of the gorsedh her rightful immortality kindled in all her limbs the years are undone and the sorrow with them said rhiannon this also was foreknown do you deem now that i have suffered defeat this is a marvel said the twenty of them praised and honoured be this young man beyond all the youths of the world lady said gurigwalt irene is it your will that i make the second art known it is my will dear said she he put the ring on the forefinger of his right hand and lifted it to her right eyelid as pleneth the sight-giver had directed him by the wood the field and the mountain quit you your blindness said he then he touched the left eyelid and said to it by the wood the field and the mountain quit you your blindness also and then the vision of god the dragon and the eagle to the two of you from this out rhiannon turned to the twenty souls souls said she excellent and delightful to me is it to behold you there were two score eyes with them that were shedding the tears of joy and delight do you deem now that i have suffered defeat said she as for you dear she said turning to goody again am i made known to you now as clearly as you were made known to me from the moment i heard you knocking on the portal he was at her feet again his arms compassing her knees indeed yes dear she said raising him you are my own son pridari by heaven said pendarren divid it is pool pen annan's son they heard hoof-beats on the road near by and the voice of the lord of abadag levai come said pendarren quietly we will meet them on the road with the tidings they stole forth through the gates and met the ten from gorseth arberth said pendarren divid is there any news with you from gorseth arberth we saw a youth riding by through the twilight and half of us said that he would be pool penannan and half of us held that he would be one of the immortals said the lord of abadai is there any news from the hall there is said pendarren madoc krintach is enthroned there 
the sorrow has fallen at last said the ten never was there misery to equal this there never was joy to equal it said pendarendavid come you into the courtyard they went in and beheld Prideri and Rhiannon. By heaven, said the lord of Abadagledai, it is Pool Penannon's son. The nine and twenty old men, the last of the best of the Demetians, and Gwaul Abclud, that had not grown old and never would, came about Prideri, eager to delight their eyes with his strength and his beauty, with the mean and regal bearing of Pool Penannon that they beheld with him eager for the touch of his hands they remembered all the delights they had ever known during their lives the best that they remembered seemed to them akin to sorrow compared with the delight of beholding prideri fapul pen annan lord said pendarendavid here is your tiley there will be barely five hundred within the hall to give you the welcome of opposition is it permitted to us to storm the hall souls souls said Rhiannon i will have you restored to the best of your manhood first she turned to prideri dear she said there never were the equals of these demetians set you the fillet about their foreheads one after another of them it was for this that i bound it about your swaddling clothes the moment you were born souls souls she said did you deem that i would desert you did you deem that the companionship of the immortals would be better to me than the companionship of such cumbry as you are one by one beginning with pendarum bentaili prideri put youth on them until there were thirty warriors with him in the courtyard and they all in the prime of their strength and youthful manhood of their warlike beauty and glory and vigour pendarum divert sighed dear soul said Rhiannon, what will be troubling you inordinate desires said pendarum what desires are they said she i lament that i rejected that which was offered me in spite of this young manhood it is the fickle nature of the over-old that remains with me speak you without concealment said prideri then pendarin said heretofore i was pentaily for pool penannon thy father during one and twenty years have i been pentaily for the queen for her sake i have desired often to shoot for her sake i have refrained from shooting sorrow upon me i desire a reward for this lord said the nine-and-twenty the best of us will not compare with pendarin what reward do you desire dear soul pendarin answered hesitatingly and with the bashfulness of a young boy this said he that i may make the way for my lord into the hall of his father's delightful to my soul beyond all things would be this pleasant diversion it is so long since i have made the bowstring sing all this while they had heard the shouting and revelry from within the hall suddenly the door was flung open and a flare of light came out to them stand in the shadow of the tree said rhiannon and they did so forego you the reward for a little while pendarin dear said she my son has three unusual arts with him and if the truth were told he has barely made one of them known to us yet go you forward into the hall prideri said she there are your three arts that must be exercised who is it that makes disturbance in the courtyard shouted the porter let him be gone whosoever he is the knife is in the meat and the mead is in the horn and no one may enter 
Breedery Fabpool went forward towards the door. "'Say you so indeed,' said he. "'A craftsman bearing his craft may enter at any time.' "'Neither craftsman nor bard, neither king's son nor chieftain,' said the porter. "'It is a marvel to me that this should be spoken,' said Breedery. "'Come you into the hall with me, that you may make it clearer by the light of the torches.' He took the porter by the arm and led him into the hall. It was more dragging than leading, and neither good will nor silence with the one dragged. "'Lord Maddock, cried he, "'here is one that hath entered by violence when the door was opened.' "'If he had no regard for usage, he ought to be slain,' said Daniel Drug. "'Make an end of him quickly,' said the Krintach. "'We will have respect paid to the precedence of the court.' A hundred men rose up, eager for the diversion. When they saw Pridery, they paused, although their swords were drawn and his sheathed. Pridery laughed merrily. "'As for usage and precedent,' said he, "'there will be regard paid to them everywhere except here. It is as if some upstart alien held court here, and no rightful king of the race of the Cymri.' "'What disregard of them is found here?' said Madog. He knew that he had never learned kinghood. "'Disregard enough, and the greatest in the world,' said Pridery. Two men may enter a court at any time, an institutional bard and the son of a king. Two men may enter if there is need of them, a warrior bearing his arms, and a craftsman bearing his craft. I am a bard, and a king's son, yet entrance was refused me. I am a warrior, of whom there is need, yet I was not made welcome.' I am also a craftsman, bearing his crafts, yet I was not asked concerning the nature of them. Unkinglike and uncourtly is this. Let a place be made for him next to the Pentyli, said Madog. It was his nature to be without hospitality, and therefore was he called the Krintach. No one had ever had generous kindliness from him. What he had he kept, and desired more. Now that kinghood had come to him, nothing would please him but to seem kingly he desired to put on the bearing of the kings of the cymri lest it should be remembered that he was the son of a merchant from beyond the sea he would accord honour to this guest but it was fear and meanness that drove him to it he would have the most splendid feast that had been given in Dovard since the reign of hugh gadarn but what seemed to him regal generosity was no better than gluttonous waste there was triumph and delight in the hall that night, and consuming meat and mead without measure, but it was such feasting as would be hateful to heroes, and the songs sung would be the sorrow of bards. Peridari took his place. Gwilting Gwaithaf was in the seat of the Pentyli next to him. The greeting of heaven and man to you, Pendar endeavoured, said Peridari, and obtained no answer from him. The feasting went forward. Throughout these islands I have heard the renown of Pendar and Dovard, said Pridari. This is a marvel to me. What is a marvel to thee? said Gwiltin. That a man with such fame for valour and courtesy should practise ill manners towards a guest, said Pridari. Who practises ill manners? said Gwiltin. It is you that practise them, Pendarin, said Pridari. Ungreeted have I taken my place at your side. A cause of grief with me is this. "'Insolent thou art,' said Gwiltin. He rose to his feet and struck at Pridari with his hand. "'Insolent thou art, truly,' said he. Pridari rose up. "'The Pentyli of the court has given me blows and violence,' said he. 
according to precedent it is a cause of fighting between him and me and if i overcome him i shall be the pentile it is the courtesy of king's houses said he gwilton waited for nothing but drew his sword and smote at Prideri. Prideri struck it out of his hand lightly and it fell broken afar in the hall forego you the office of pentile said he it will be the better for you gwilton slunk away ashamed he would have fought well enough but for overmuch meat and mead Prideri took the place of the pentile and madoc called gwilton to him this can be righted in the morning said madoc at the first feast there are the usages that must be considered then he said the victorious shall be pentile keep you this office whosoever you are let the feasting go forward let the household bard sing that we may have peace here as for who the household bard was he was dineol the wicked there was no one better among them at bardism than he institutional bards of the holy goddesseth of Enespridain were not to be found in Divid at that time this much may be said of dineol singing it was without the three necessities of bardic song the best truth in it was a lie and truth is well known to be the first necessity it was framed more in rancour against the queen and pool penannan and pendarren duvid than in praise even of the krintach of whom heaven knows there was little to praise either to be spoken or sung the second necessity is that the noble shall be extolled and the small souled and meagre left without mention there was no sweet sound nor beauty with it and the third necessity is that a bardic song shall be well framed and melodious closely knit with sweet consonances and assonances and no less agreeable to the ear than the music of the blackbird at dawn or the whisper of the west wind among the reeds on the fairest evening in august or the carolling of the mavis in the woods in may unless those necessities are observed the immortal kindred cannot maintain their friendship with the bards neglect of them would have been the corruption of the whole virtue of the island of the mighty in those days Prideri rose to his feet vile singing is this he said pleasantly he made his way to the dais where dineil stood peace be with you all said he i myself will show you singing it is unfitting that the king's feast should be defiled by songs without truth extolment or assonance give me the harp good soul and i will make known to you the true method of bardic singing Dineil stopped and stared at him by heaven said he is this to be permitted what insolent youth is here Prideri laughed lightly and pleasantly a bard such as it is said he go you down there good soul and i will show you singing no one had the desire to hinder him so regal was his mien and so careless his laughter and cheerful audacity he took the harp from Dineil, who went down slowly from the dais with the first note that he struck he put wonder and silence on every one then he made these verses and sang them when darkness came down on the lord of the west and bereft of renown he went forth on his quest when he wandered the world and was nameless long years without joy without rest did you deem that he went and left after him none that his life was all spent and your warfare all won when ye dreamed of the passing of pool 
took ye thought for Pridari, his son? Madoc started forward. Pridari, he cried. Where hast thou heard news of Pridari Fapul? Peace, said Pridari. Kings are silent when bards may be singing. Then he made these verses and sang them. When the queen of the land was driven forth from her own, that the puny might stand on the steps of the throne, did ye deem there was none to redeem her? Did ye search betwixt Munwi and Mon? A little gold band from the regions of light, and a ring from her hand that had power overnight, and a babe that was stolen from the cradle. Can ye fathom the riddle aright? Thrice dark was the world when they stole him away, to be hidden, to be hurled in the flame, in the spray, save for one that was watching to save him, he should not have looked on the day. He multiplied the glory of his wheel upon them with the singing. They were enthralled, they were enspelled, they were enchanted. They did not move nor speak. Many of them remembered with yearning the splendour of the days of Puel Penanun. Little wonder in that, since unseen behind and over him on the dais, stood one bodied in purple flame even alone brifarth pridain even the immortal ruler of song by this ring that was found in the stall when they found me he held up the ring of the family of hevaith they knew it for Rhiannon's ring it was as if carven out of sunstuff it flashed lightnings of brilliance through the hall by this small fillet bound gold buckled around me he held up the fillet. They trembled when they saw its beauty and magical nature, and remembered how of old it had shone about the hair of Rhiannon. Ye shall know me in anger and fear, ere the hands of my druids have crowned me. Hath the saying been heard? Hath the fate been made known? Must I speak the brute word, ere I come to mine own? That myself am Prideri Fabpul, that should come, that should reign on his throne? Madag started up from the king's place. Katug, Wilton, Daniel, he cried. Without conflict, there will be no kinghood for us. It is the son of Puel. Be silent as to that, cried Katug Gwaith. Cowards obtain nothing. Everyone to his arms, he shouted. The man hath a host of Gwithelians about the city. They raised up their war shout, such as it was, and forced the Demetians to their arming. But for the enchantments of Abgilcoid, there were many who would not have armed against the son of Puil. But Prideri strode towards the middle of the dais and towards Madag. Quit thou the throne, said he. The Krintach drew sword and struck at him, and he lifted neither shield nor blade to meet the blow. But it seemed to Madog as if a great battle brand of flaming sapphire stuff flashed down from the rafters of the roof swifter than the lightning and more beautiful and met his own sword and shivered it into fragments in the midst of its falling he looked up and there was one standing over Prideri that had the poplar stature with him and the beauty of the dawn and his body of golden flaming fire he shrank back from the menace of gurungawa the heroic prifarth quit thou the throne when the king's son orders thee said Prideri Fabpuil, and Madoc slunk back into the shadows behind the throne. Then Prideri took his place before the throne, and watched those who were arming against him in the hall. 
there may be peace here yet he said it is permitted to the krintach and the three that are with him to leave dubbard this night the rest shall have peace and pardon if they desire it so shall it never be permitted to you and you shall have neither pardon nor peace cried Catog. he and gwiltin and Daniel were well armed by that time they were going about among the demetians ordering and inciting them it was as if they prepared for battle with a host not for the slaying of one man they knew that that one was prideri fabpuil the three of them were powerful men accustomed to conflict but they would have their whole host about them armed before they would give battle to the son of puil penannan they overthrew the tables of the feasting and dragged them to the walls for the sake of war space prideri stood and watched them proudly Catog raised his war-shout five hundred of them raised it after him shouting they rushed forward when their rush was at its beginning an arrow sped out from the back of the hall behind them and passed prideri between his right arm and his ribs it appeared to them that it would have been one among themselves that had shot and that their enemy would have been already wounded if not slain but it was not prideri that moved or trembled because of the arrow nor that groaned when it struck nor that ceased then from nefarious projects and from stealing upon men from behind and from plotting treacherous dagger-blows repugnant to the warlike and the courteous nor that fell where he was lurking and creeping behind the throne evil upon the arrow groaned madog krintach a miserable death is this they heard him and paused in the first of their rush shaken by indecision but Catog and his companions leapt forward shouting them on Daniel and he were at the foot of the dais prideri stood before the throne unshaken his sword undrawn his shield at his back the points of their spears were a hand's length from his breast two arrows sped out of the far end of the hall Catog fell for the first and Daniel for the second at the very feet of the son of puil the third arrow flew and gwiltin gwaithaf fell upon his brethren there was no remaining in doubt as to who might be the speeder of those arrows the men in the hall hesitated there rose up from behind them a regal triumphant shouting of war shouts a war shout that they remembered of old and a war shout that was new to them for the sake of puil penannan and for the sake of prideri fabpuil they turned they saw there thirty men under pendarin dovid who had been old men when the feast began but were now in the glory of their vigour and manhood terrible of mien and aspect there was the bow of pendarin to consider and how the shafts would come from it if he had a mind to send them swifter than the driving of hail before the north wind in january when the blasts of winter are at their fiercest pendarin laughed i shall never restrain the rash passions of my age he cried i have no more power over the arrows it seemed to them all that shafts from him were raining about them continually no man dared to move because of them evil upon the bowstring that i cannot keep from speeding them evil upon my right hand that will for ever be drawing the string he shot and laughed and shot old age is a curse he cried let none of ye desire it full it is of whims unrestrainable 
the arrows took the sword-blades in their hands and split them lengthwise they shaved off the hair from their lips without grazing the skin i have destroyed the krintach i have destroyed daniel drug and katug gwaith and gwilting gwaithavol yet still the bowstring twangs and sings woe is me it may well be that i shall pine away on account of this so he put confusion and terror upon them all without slaying or so much as wounding one of them his shooting was unlike the shooting of a mortal not one of them but it seemed to him that arrows were grazing him at every moment the men of the tiley of pool penannon put their mantles over their faces and rocked with laughter silently Prideri took his place on the throne and watched them it was marvellous that he could keep from laughter to him and to Rhiannon was revealed what it was given to no one else to see they saw the flame form that leaned over pendarren from behind and rained the arrows upon the string of his bow more swiftly than the wave foam is driven by the tempests of november they saw the glory of plenoth prifarth prydain let a passage be cleared through the midst of ye roared pendarren for the sake of my peace let it be cleared i shall not be able to refrain from driving arrows along the middle of the hall such a storm of them as will sweep it clean get to the walls if ye love your peace and mine they obeyed him hastily then rhiannon wren went forward passing through the middle of the hall towards the dais ah peace now pendarum pentaili said she the bowstring ceased its twanging the arrows their flight the demetians marvelled when they saw her without blemish of old age or blindness more beautiful than ever she had been Prideri came down from the dais and led her to the throne she took her place on the throne of the princes of dubbard indeed indeed thought pendarren it was a marvel even to me was that shooting never have i had pleasure out of bowstrings until now then Prideri spoke to the demetians that had followed madog it is permitted to you all to leave this land said he you shall ride towards morganug this night and pendarren dovered behind you with his bow strung for protection one of them stood forth i will not leave dovered said he i served my lord pool penannon of old and he never had cause to complain of me i will not leave dovered now that prideri fapool is here if you are unwilling that i should be your man order pendarren to shoot five of them took their places behind him then ten more then a hundred we have been under evil said they an evil compulsion was put upon our minds we will not leave dovered and the true king on the throne evil upon me if there is any king here said prideri evil upon me if i will have one man to follow me rhiannon then my mother is the queen there is no sovereignty here except with her they bowed their heads they covered their faces with their mantles it is made known to us now said the first of them how she has been made to suffer because of us it would be impossible for her to take service from such as we are in silence the tears fell from their eyes they remembered the good they had had from rhiannon they remembered her wisdom and kindness the thought of her long sorrow was a greater sorrow to them than they had ever known lady said they order pendarren to shoot but pendarren's bow was unstrung 
and he was hanging it on the wall behind the chair of the pentyli where it had not hung since pool pen annan's time not so said rhiannon pendarum bentyli will shoot at my enemies not at the men of my own tyli not at the men who are my own well-loved friends with that the hall was suddenly filled with light and music three bright jewels of song fluttered among the rafters more light-giving than the moon of heaven a murmur of delight went through the demetians they are the birds of rhiannon said pendarin david they are adan lanach adan lonach and adan fuinach said pridri they are the three beautiful singers of peace while they sang all mournfulness departed from the demetians it was to every one as if the whole evil of his life had gone from him for an hour they flashed and sang there then went forth again in quest of puil penannan with their going forth from the hall the story of rhiannon and pridri ends on account of its relating by what means pridri accomplished the setting the birds free and overthrowing the men of madoc crintach it is often called the book of the three unusual arts of pridri end of part twenty five end of the fates of the princes of dovard by kenneth morris read by phil benson in sydney australia